0: And we'll lift from the text certain highlights, things that I believe that is very relevant to this hour in our lives and even in our ministry here at Gates of Praise. Amen? Amen. Luke 5, verse 1 through 11, the word of God reads, And it came to pass now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down thy, your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word will I let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes. And their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners which were in the other ship that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished and all that were with him at the drought of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Now, the last time we were together, we talked from a subject, Cutting Spiritual cords. We want to continue with that thought-cutting spiritual chords, but this time with a subtopic of seasons. Seasons. Amen. Let's pray. Pray with me, if you would, please. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your presence. We acknowledge your presence. It is you alone for which we worship, which we bow. We surrender and we submit. We thank you, O oh God, now for understanding, building a solid foundation in the hearts and the minds of your people. We thank you that lives are changed, souls are saved, bodies are healed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cutting spiritual cords, the subtopic of Seasons. It is time for the body of Christ to become very much sensitive to the Word of God that everything that does not represent the counsel of God according to His Word can and will change. Anybody believe that? Anything in your life right now, believer, that is not in the, the, under the counsel of the Word of God can change it can change. Whatever it is, if God has not spoken and declared it over your life, it can change. Now, I know that most of the time we just, uh, sometimes some people, and not Gates of Praise and not any other church that you may be affiliated with, sometimes we become more emotional than we are spiritual. We become more excited than we are uh, ready to believe God according to his Word. What we believe are the things that we get in our hands and the things that, not the things we get in our heart. We believe that, we believe God when we see what we've prayed for as opposed to moving with God as he speaks to us. God is looking for a people that will understand the word when he says, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are representatives, ambassadors in this realm, and our goal is to manifest and bring forth the kingdom of God in the earth realm. Anything that opposes the truths of God's word, we should be very sensitive to tear it down, especially at the manifestation of it trying to come into our lives. If it's not in agreement with the word of God, we must be hostily angry against it to fight against it. But I found ourselves, we're, we're comfortable in an atmosphere where God is not. And we're comfortable in an atmosphere where God is consistently rebelled and not believed. Some of us are even somewhat ashamed of the gospel and to express who we are in the gospel. We're living in a place to where it seems that nothing is really spiritually authentic. We've learned how to go through the motions for the sake of time. We've learned how to just haphazardly give God something that looks and sounds like a praise. And our hearts are far from the worship. Because right now we don't feel an immediate emergency to pray or to worship God. But we don't know what tomorrow brings. We don't know what the next minute will bring. I want you to understand that every time you're in the presence of God, he's preparing you for something. He's making you ready for something that's next, that he knows. You may not know, but God knows what's next. One of the ways the kingdom of God is designed to advance upon this earth is through the wonder-working manifestations of the power and the glory of God through men to men. That's ministry. Through men, to men. And and these things are sometimes territorial. God anoints you, as I told you the last time, God anoints you to manifest his presence in certain territorial areas. God is not calling you as an individual to do everything. That grace does not lay upon you. You were only given the grace to do certain things in certain areas, and whenever you pray, you will be effective in somebody's life under those graces. Somebody else will come around and pray under another grace, and God will do something else. You, you can't do it all. You are not an anointed like Jesus, the anointed one. You have some, but you don't have everything. You don't have all. Amen. Hey, is anybody with me today? Amen. I want you to be spiritual minded. I want you to understand that when you read the word of God and when you hear the word of God, he's pushing into you something that he wants to live and wants you to live by. Amen. If you didn't know simple mathematics, it would be tough for you to live in a world full of numbers. Just simple mathematics. It would be hard for you to learn or to to live in this world. Are you living in an area where, God, where, where the hand of God is finding the kind of expression in the earth that you need? Are you yoked or are you uh, uh, connected with a church or a group of believers where you are experiencing the, the expression of the hand of God in your life through their ministry? through the hand of God, through, through somebody that's been called to and, and yielded to the call of God and not be selfish with the call. Do it when I want to do it. But to lend myself to God and find the kind of expression of God in the earth that, that, is, that meets my need. I asked you these questions one time before. What good is ministry if it doesn't provide a platform where where men are drawn to God and and where men can experience a whole new dimension of God that's higher than medicine? That's higher than, than, than the economy around you? That's higher than what you have and what you think? Amen. Let me just tell you this. People of God, those of you who know that you've been sent here by God and those who are spiritual any at all and are listening with a spiritual ear, I want you to understand something today. That, that, that the, last, this, this, the last few months of your life or this, this season of your life, God is stretching you. Hmm. Some people are uncomfortable when God pulls them out of the mold and, and when God gets ready to fit them into something else. They, they are uncomfortable with that. They, they want to go like they've always gone. They want to be the kind of church members they always have been. They don't want God to take them to the next level or, or present to them what their assignment really is in a time when they don't feel like this rests on them. Have you ever been there? You're saying, God, not me. I can't talk good. Just saying, God, not me. I'm not big enough to do it. Not me, God. I've gone through enough in my life. Not me. Don't you have somebody else? But no, let me tell you, God is stretching you and making you ready for the next assignment that he has for your life. Thus the struggles, thus the loneliness, thus the times when you got to walk alone. And you got to understand that now, just because you are by yourself, you are never alone. God is equipping you to learn how to stand with him. And everybody else walks away, God is stretching you. And he's making you ready for what's next. Can you understand what the Spirit of God is saying? He's making you ready for what's next for you. He's going to exceed your expectations. I said, God is going to exceed your expectations, and that makes people uncomfortable when God is going to exceed their expectations. You just wanted to put together sermons, but no, God is saying, I'm calling you to discern the times and the seasons so that you'll have a voice that's relevant in this hour for the people of God who are falling under all manner of spiritual attack and don't even know it. Some people would rather be more educated than anointed. There's some things that that you're going to be able to do that you've never been trained to do by the hand of men. That's why they didn't understand Jesus is because he didn't go to none of their classes, but he was still working and operating in a power that they had never seen. Seasons. God is sharing with us from the area of three words that I want to share with you today. And all of this will tie into the text, and you'll see this, because I'm not just preaching the story over again. That's, that's, not, my, that's not my assignment today. I think all of us know what was going on in the text. And so what we have to do now is pull from the text those things that God has made relevant for us by revelation to live off of now, in this season and in this hour. Some people are not—they're not interested in that because they don't ever want to make a spiritual connection with God. They don't want to make a spiritual connection with God. They don't want to get so close to God that God requires something of them. I wish somebody was hearing what the Spirit of God is saying. Some people don't ever want to get too close to God because he may have something for them to do. Look, when they don't want to do it. Three words. And I know I'm in the right season and I know I'm speaking to the right people. Number one, frustration. Number two, exhaustion. (laughs) Can anybody hear what he's saying already? And depression. Frustration exhaustion and depression Hmm. when he's when god sends a word his word comes with power healing deliverance and hope am i right about it that there are some people who expect for things to just come easy they're good Christians, and they love everybody as long as they don't run into a problem person, a person that causes them problem, a person that stirs and awakens them to, to seek after another level. They're good Christians as long as they don't have problems in their lives. Come on, somebody. There's a lot going on in our world today, and many of us are alive to it in the Spirit. Amen. This growing trend of these three words, frustration, depression, and exhaustion. Frustration, being upset and annoyed because of our inability to, to change or to achieve certain things. It, it frustrates us when we can't change things when we want to change them. When, 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 when we stay in things for too long, it frustrates us if it doesn't change. Depression, the sadness, or, and, and the loss of interest in things you once enjoyed. Anybody there? things you used to enjoy, things you used to love to do, but somehow or another you've lost interest in those things. And depression has a negative effect on how you think and how you act. People will rather, I mean, and I'm talking about believers, Christians, whenever they cannot identify the spirit or discern the spirit that you carry, the first thing they do is ostracize you, stay away from you, and really speak critically of you because they cannot help you. Did you hear what I just told you? They will become critical of you because they can't help you. They don't understand you. Depression. Exhaustion when you are extremely physically and mentally fatigued. Now it's very important that whenever you're exhausted that you don't hang out in an atmosphere where people are still pulling and nudging on you and you have not been sent into that atmosphere by God. Because when you get exhausted and people keep plugging, they keep punching and whispering about you, things they don't understand about you, but because you don't fit their mold, God's making you for another one. They don't understand you, so they, so they, they step back away from you and they begin to be critical of you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Whenever you don't fit people's mold, whenever you break out of the control that they have over your life, they become very, very, extremely critical of you. And it's exhausting whenever you're around small-minded people and you're thinking big things. You're exhausted trying to bring them up to your level. You're exhausted trying to bring them into greater revelation and understanding of the word of God. You're exhausted trying to get them to accept you. You're exhausted trying to get them to love you and like you and treat you like you are somebody other than who they thought that you were supposed to be or who they thought you were all gonna be because God now has his hands on you and he's raising you, breaking you and fitting you to fit another mold that not necessarily you decided that was for your life. God said, no, 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 no. You are not your own, but you have been bought with a price. And now you live and move and have all of your being all because of who I am. Not because of who you want to be, but it's what I'm working through you. You've got to surrender and yield to me even when you don't feel like it. If you are not following God, then you're not following the pastor. See, some of us would rather follow pastors than the Father God. And if pastor ain't following God, we're so in love with the pastor, which that ain't my testimony, because don't, it don't matter to me whether you love me or not. You've got to love me according to the word of God. You are charged to love one another according to the word of God. And, and I know and I understand, and in this season of frustration, depression, and exhaustion, People have sized you up and they, and they are trying to run your name down. They're trying to drive you crazy because you said who you were. But in your life, they don't see any evidence that God's hand is on you anywhere. And sometimes in your everyday life, people can treat you so ugly and people can talk about you in such a way that if, if you are not careful, they will convince you that God's hand is not on your life. They'll begin to run your name down and talk about you because they don't like God and because they don't have an eye to see a move of God, a sense of move of God. They'll tell you that God ain't moving, that, that God is not even real. It's just a figment of your imagination. And even the way that you choose to be ministered to, people will disqualify that. They will, they will discount the way that God uses you to minister you to another level, to fit another mold, to stretch your thinking and get you to believe outside of the way you've always thought it, that it always should have been for you. No, God's got more for you to do than what you've decided and that you wanted to do. There's more for you to do because you're going to get more. Look at somebody, and I hope that you've got a spouse in here. Mainly, I want you to look at your own spouse and say, God is stretching us. God is stretching us, that's why it's uncomfortable, that's why it seems sometimes even confusing. It seems strange. When God is fitting you into something new, you, you'll be strange and inferior to people. Do I have a witness in here? They'll say he or she is acting funny because god is fitting you into something else and it's critical that i get into what i'm supposed to get into because when i get in what i'm supposed to get into then that's when you're going to come into yours what god is going to do with these fishermen's life on this lake is going to affect the economy of the whole community he didn't give them enough just for one ship he sunk up y'all better hear what i'm saying whenever you get in the right place god is going to bring somebody else up to the right place There's a certain level which when you arrive, woman and man of God, it will attract the attention of hell. Some of us are afraid to be known in hell, but every real believer is known in hell. The devil knows every real worshiper. Those are the ones that he comes after. Every time you reach a certain level, you will attract the attention of hell. The impact you make will soon attract the attention of hell. Hell knows the threat your growth and maturity in God is having on the community around you. Hell knows the the impact that you'll have if you ever get it together. He knows the impact that you'll have on a people that's been in bondage for 430 years. So they got to kill you while you're a baby, while you're defenseless, while you're while you are not interested and don't understand. But you're trusted on somebody else to raise you up. Hell. Has you marked kill that one? Have you? Can you look back in your life and see when it was that the devil, at your disadvantage, seemingly was attacking you because he knew the potential of you, he knew what God was raising you up to be and what God was raising you up to do? So he had to stop the assignment earlier in your life. He tried, but you made it. I'm telling you that when, when we look at Moses' story, when Moses got to a certain age, didn't you see God cut the cord? God cut the Egyptian umbilical cord from him when he got to a certain age because he was going to use him to oppose the hand that fed him physically. See, he thought that he, he didn't know what was going on. and There was one time in it when it was refuge, but there was another time in it when it was imprisonment, when we was confined. And many of us, when you're taking on the new identity that God is giving you, sometimes it makes you feel like an outcast and uncomfortable, like you don't fit in with what you've been in all the time. God is cutting the cords. Of the baby food, the milk. He's cutting the cores and now he's slicing steak. He's giving you your assignment. He's pouring destiny down on the inside of you. Not only are you going to be a great fisherman on this level, but I'm taking your fishing talents to a new dimension. I'm doing something that you didn't know you could do. I'm going to help you and show you, though. See, you can't be stuck on that. God's going to cut the cord from that, and he's going to show you a new season. He knows what you need. You know, it seems like hell is so quiet whenever you're in church and you're all happy and you're selling them wolf tickets talking about, Lord, I love you. Lord, I'll never leave you. Lord, I'll worship you. Thank you for being so good to me. Lord, I thank you for how you woke me up this morning and how, and how you, you know, all this stuff. We, we're so happy and we're so glad about all of that and we're selling all these wolf tickets and hell is silent. Because the devil knew that there would become a time in your life when it seemed like everything you did failed, when it seemed like everything you touched dried up, when it seemed like you were left alone by yourself. Whenever God wanted you and gave you assignment. To do everything you said to do, you were too tired to do it, too distracted to do it, and too frustrated to do it because it didn't look like you dreamed that it would look in your own mind. This thing is not funny. It looks good seeing somebody run on the track and tell them to go, tell them to run faster, tell them to go. But they're the one out there being, they're exhausting themselves. It's one thing to see it, but it's another thing to be in it. Come on, somebody. The devil was quiet while you were serving them wolf tickets. Hmm. These spirits, frustration, depression, and exhaustion, they've been sent to the body of Christ at such a time as this to shortchange many people, many believers, from stepping into the fullness of God's word and God's purpose for their life in this season. The enemy wants you to miss it because you're too frustrated. Listen. Listen by seemingly nothing. Some of us can't even see real good, but we can see a net that's sent there to distract us from the big picture. Out of everything else we could see in the room, we're focusing on a little gnat. Have your eyes ever done that to you? And when you focus on that, you're missing all of the other possibilities. When you could have just said and kept seeing See, your heart is going to allow you perfect vision. When it's in your heart, you will, you will see it clearly and it will be hard to be distracted, distracted from it. Right. Amen. Amen. I, I, I know I'm telling the truth. Hmm. Don't you miss God's purpose for your life? Because the enemy has released these kind of spirits. In, in the body of Christ and even in your life in this season. See, th- th- this word today that I'm speaking is, is for those who are severely under attack in their lives. I'm talking about severely under attack in your life. Seemingly stuff that's come up upon you out of nowhere. Look, the dreams you've been having, they've been, they've been dreams you've never dreamed before. Some dreams you' dream and you'll dream them over similar or something that's like it. But you're dreaming dreams like never before, stuff you've never dreamed before. Seasons where, where, where you are, uh, you, you're severely under demonic attack individuals, families, you know, that that are very, these are very trying seasons in their lives. (laughs) I know you're in here. When a believer is in a certain state and they remain in that state, it can become discouraging. Notice I said a real believer. See, because some people that's not trying to get anything, they don't know when they're restricted anyway. I just want you to just chew on that for a minute. When you're not expecting anything, you don't sense that you're not even receiving, that you are confined or restricted to move into deeper waters. You keep looking for stuff out of order. Because you are not following the order of God. Hmm. And see, nothing gives the enemy more satisfaction than discouraging a serious believer. You know I'm telling you the truth. When you know you believe God and you know when you've released your heart to God, and it seems like you don't get a prayer answered. When you've prayed and trusted God and, and your economy stays the same. And it looks like everybody around you is growing, excelling, and moving, and not even hardly trying, not as committed or dedicated as you are. But it seems like everything they touch turned to go. And then what you become, you do, you start measuring and sizing up and making them your standard. I want to be just like them and see what you've done then. If you've not launched out into the deep, you've lowered your standard because you don't know how they got what they got. You don't know, how, they, you don't know that they're working two or three jobs, can't sleep at night, they're word to death. Because, you look, you've got, they, they can't even pay for it, but they got it. See, what they're doing, God wants to just bless you and release it in your life. Because, look, how grateful would you be to know that you prayed your way through and God blessed you with it than you had to abide and work your own way through it like that? Okay, now, now, now don't get too happy because this will work you're going to have to do. <laughs> don't, don't give the enemy the satisfaction of just sitting in a, and remaining in a state of discouragement. Nothing is more discouraging to a serious believer than unanswered prayer and an unfruitful Christian life. Whenever you measure what you have done and you look back and you say, you know what, there's nothing. I have nothing to show for all the time that I sacrificed. I have nothing to show for all the time that I toiled and labored. I'm coming up empty every single last time the way I see it. But you didn't know that you were hewing out, digging a hole so that God could fill it. You didn't know that you were walking in such a lack so that God could make you sensitive to just a, just the mustard seed of change. God, you didn't know that you were living in the kind of deficit that only the hand of God could fill and restore. God knows how to turn your situation around. Hmm. Consistently coming up with seemingly... Nothing. And through all this season of attack, your goal is this. Do you have one goal through all of this season of attack? And I'm telling you what it is: is you've got to stay on course. Look at somebody and say, stay on course. Tell them, honey, we got to stay on course through the attack. We got to stay on course through the storms and the obstacles. We've got to stay on course through the lack. Has anybody ever been in the situation in here where you were in lack and now you can look back and see where God shut some doors and, and, and gave you some increase in some areas? Where God, where God opposed it and he's put up some standards against the enemy and you saw the enemy losing instead of advancing and winning in your life. When it seems like you started to think more with and like the devil and to do what pleased the devil, you can see that your heart was not completely disconnected from God. God kept you whenever you tried your best to get away. Anybody hear what I'm talking about? There's a goal behind every attack, there's an object behind every attack of the enemy on your life. Every time the enemy launches an attack on your family, on your ministry, and in, as you as an individual, there's something behind the thinking of the enemy. The first thing the enemy wants to do behind every attack is he wants to destroy your confidence in God. He wants to destroy your confidence in God. Look at your life, you always prayed, you always tried to do right. You were the one that said no when everybody else was saying yes. And look where that got you, got you in the wrong relationship, got you in some serious conditions where you were falling victim of some stuff. Every time you tried to do right, evil was always present. And what the devil said to you, look, I'm never going to leave you alone. I'm going to always be right there trying my best to show you that you're not getting away, that you're not getting over. He's trying to destroy your confidence in God. And the next thing he wants to do is to disgrace, to, 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 to be a disgrace to the integrity of the word of God that you carry. He wants to destroy your confidence in God. He doesn't want you to have any integrity in the word of God. He wants to tell you that the word of God is of no effect. That not even the word of God can help you. That you are such you are in such a drought, you are in such a deficit, you were in such a, a, a economic depression that nothing that the nothing you do will ever change your situation. You will never break the bands of poverty off of your life, you'll never be delivered from this sickness, this illness, you will never do anything more than anybody in your family has ever done. But you, you the devil messed up when God saw two ships, but he got in one ship and he said the one ship was Peter's ship, that's a sign of. To tell me that God chose Peter to make a difference in everybody else's life that was out there why because he told Peter to get in his ship and to launch out look no, no wait a minute while he was standing on the land he was standing flat-footed talking but then when he saw those ships he chose Peter's ship got in the ship and then he sat down that means he said push me out a little bit farther because now I'm going to another level I'm going to speak to you from another realm I'm going to do something else in your life I'm gonna do more than just tell you stories now I'm getting ready to do something every time God gets in a ship you can expect the supernatural every time he ever climbed in a ship he began to do something supernatural and I'm telling you cakes of praise if we just hold on for a little while longer with divine expectations as functioned by the Word of God God is gonna do something supernatural that's gonna blow your mind it's gonna stretch your belief he's gonna show you that he's been in it even from the beginning it's gonna stretch it's gonna exceed your expectation It's going to exceed your expectation. Hmm. Every time he launches his attack, he's attacking the integrity of God's word that you carry. He wants you to discount the word of God, to say that God is not faithful, God is not loving, God is not merciful, and he is not graceful. How could he do me like this when I fasted and prayed? How could he do me like this when I accepted his call? How can he do me like this? How can I live in this kind of life when I know his hand is on me? Why am I the one that's been in prison? Why are they always chasing me? Why am I always pushed down in a hole when I know his hand is upon me? Why am I thrown in a lion's den? Why am I always tied up in? trapped and entangled in something. Why is it always me? It's because of the devil wants you to lose your confidence in God and he wants you to disgrace. He wants you to turn and loose the integrity of the word you carry. And whenever you turn and loose the word of God that you carry, then what you do you lose course. You get off course in life. You start following every doctrine. You're not even looking for the truth. You know the story but you can't tell the truth. You don't know what God is trying to say to you. You're not even trying to understand clearer, trying to understand deeper. You're not trying to go any farther with God. You're comfortable in your mold. Lord, you're, you're upsetting me. I don't, I don't want to be doing this. God, I, I, can't, I can't go back to Egypt and get these people. I can't do that, God. I, I stutter. I, I can't even speak. I can't do that. I'm an I'm a unclean man, God. You can't take my ship and do this and everybody see it and that it's mine. And there's something about me that you chose when you got in my ship to let everybody know. Okay. I'm almost done and you you can go ahead and finish it now. Hebrews 10.35 says this because I know the enemy, he's trying to destroy your confidence. Hebrews 10.35 says, cast not away therefore your confidence which hath great recompense of reward no wonder he's at your confidence it's because he knows that if you hold on to your word confidently if you keep your confidence in God there's some recompense the devil is going to have to repay you for every dry season for every sad day for every moment of depression for every moment of confusion you're going to be repaid and it's going to exceed your expectation you're going to have so much joy you ain't going to know where to put it you're going to have to bring something to my house come on somebody because that's the way that God works if you could just hold on through just a little while longer I know you're tired, I know you're frustrated you're exhausted, I know you're depressed in certain areas, but if you would just hold on to your confidence in God there's going to be a great recompense of reward you've got something coming, look at somebody say my reward is coming, your reward is coming God's going to make this thing overflow in your life and it's going to be more than you can handle, it's going to be more than you expected it's going to be more than what people expected that you could ever pull up but I thank God that if in the net I'm going to pull it up, I've got strength I may be frustrated, but i got strength enough to pull myself up out of this deficit. There's something in what God says to us. Cast not away your confidence. Because it has great recompense of reward. Another thing I want you to understand before we go into this, to, to the closing of this is that the, the, the enemy is really trying to get you to make a statement to God that he is not faithful. Remember Job. The enemy was trying to get Job to make a statement to God. And it's the same thing that he's trying to get you to do. He wants you to make a statement to God. That God, I prayed and asked you, but, and you said you were Jehovah Rapha, but you do not heal. God, you said that you are more than enough, and I always sit down with not enough. You, 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 God, you were you, you not faithful to me. And when you make those kind of statements and declarations to God, you have been duped to give a devil's and a demon's testimony back to God. When you know that God has been better than you, than you ever have been to yourself, you know that God never left you alone. You know that God is faithful. Even when you were not faithful, God was right there. Even when you didn't want to come to church, God was encouraging you, encouraging you, nudging you, giving you the unction before he presented you to something that would cause you to run the church. And not just be at the church, but to connect yourself so that you don't just float everywhere. Some people love just floating around. I want to be connected. I want to know that I'm anchored in the storm. All the enemy is trying to do to you right now in in this season of your life. He's trying to introduce you to the spirit of fear. Because the spirit of fear is the door to failure. The spirit of fear is the door to frustration. If he gets fear in you, fear will be the entryway, the pathway, the door into every other thing the enemy wants to do in your life. You walk around being afraid to be sick because grandmama was sick. Then your fear is the very thing that's going to bring the sickness right into your life. A man that overcomes fear overcomes a multitude of anything the devil really wants to do to him. You're carrying some things that are not of God simply because you have not received that God. God didn't give you the spirit of fear. That's why the enemy wants you to fear because fear works the direct opposite of faith. The fear brings what the devil wants in your life, but faith brings what God wants in your life. Can anybody hear what I'm saying? Amen. Fear. He wants to introduce the spirit of fear to you, but God's word says to us, the righteous is as bold as a lion. Come on, somebody. See, when you know you're not walking in fear and you bow bold around some people, some people cannot stand the spirit of God on you when you walk around opposite of what they carry. They're sitting up crying and whimpering and all afraid and you're walking in a boldness. You're walking in a refreshing and a renewing. You're walking in expectation while they're thinking on trying to close it down. <laughs> but God has always got you expecting something greater. While they're trying to convince you, oh ain't but a few of us are, you know, it's just a few people and, and, and I don't see no changing in it and, and, and uh, uh, we're wasting our time meeting over there and uh, it just don't look right, the devil is a because you're looking with your eyes. What I need is for you to make a spiritual connection with me because what God is saying, whenever it don't look right to you, go deeper. Whenever it don't look right, go deeper. Whenever it don't feel right, go deeper. Come with me. Listen to me in a deeper place. You got to go with me deeper. That's why you're where you are, because you don't know how to go deeper and get out of what you're into. That's why come. you can't receive the blessing, your miracle, your healing, is because your mind is so shallow that you cannot receive that God can speak a word over you and heal you. Listen to this. Listen to this. Do clear with me real quick. And I know you don't even feel it, but declare it to me real quick if you believe it. If only if you believe it. Tell your neighbor, your spouse, your friend that you're sick, Messiah. Tell them the season now is over for you. Tell them this season of failure, this season of drought, this season of confusion, this season of wondering, this season of of discord is over for you. This season is over for you. God now is breaking the cords of frustration. He's breaking the bands of of depression. God is bringing you up to another thing. He's going to make this thing overflow. He told them to go out into the deep and cast down their nets for a drought. Now they're back where they came from, but with a different mindset. You got to understand, sometimes when the seasons change, it takes time for us to catch up with what God has said and what God has done. You understand? Because whenever he says it to you, if you have have not made yourself a lover of God and a believer of God, when God just says it to you, you're not going to think that it's happening and it's already happened for you. I told you all we need to do is connect with what heaven has said. When we connect with what heaven has said, there's nothing in this realm that can stop it from coming to pass. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? You got to understand that. It takes time for us to catch up with what God has said and what God has done. See, the seasons over your life are changed by the prophetic word of God. I want you to understand that. How do you get my season changed? How do I change this season? How do I change what we've been dealing with, this long season of drought, frustration, depression and exhaustion? The, the word, the prophetic word of God, will change your season. How do I know that? Peter and his partners had told all night long, they were doing the right thing at the right time as they always had. These guys were professionals they told all night and caught nothing (laughs) you saved for 10 years and come up with nothing but the next day the next day weeping men do it for a night the next day Peter had a one chance encounter with Jesus good God Almighty it it wasn't just about encountering Jesus physically like they were doing on the road when when the woman with the issue of blood touched him it wasn't an encounter that that they were with him like that as a man but but he encountered the word that came from the mouth of Jesus when you look back up at verse 1 it makes sense it says that the people pressed upon him for a word not this time for no bread and fish not this time just to rush up against him as a man or to see who he is and all of this and that they pressed upon him for a word whenever you come to the worship, you need to be pressing in his presence for a word because it's the word of God that's going to prophetically change the season that's over your life. It's going to stop the demonic drought. It's going to stop the confusion. It's going to stop the way you are thinking of yourself and where you are, the people around you and so forth. You're not, you're going to cut the cord of falling prey to the same thing that everybody else in your family fell prey to. Can anybody understand what I'm saying? They toiled all night and called nothing this encounter Peter had with Jesus was not a physical one he encountered the word that came out of his mouth the text says that that they pressed upon him to hear the word of God God Almighty wasn't no rent money no groceries Wasn't no new man no new woman they wanted a word. <laughs> How many folks want to be around when he's handing out word? Yeah. Now, you'd rather be there when he's handing out money, when he's handing out men and women. Come on. When he's handing out new clothes and when he's handing out all kind of stuff like that. But whenever he's handing out a word because you know you're too frustrated, you're too exhausted, and you're too depressed to receive what he says. You don't, you don't want to be around when it's word time. We can find you at a shouting moment. We can shine you in a high emotional atmosphere, but when it's word time, you you leave the room, you sleep, you're snoring, you're dreaming about next Sunday. And when you wake up, your life reflects it. Hmm. They had a different interest in the moment. It wasn't the touching. They pressed upon him to hear the word of God. The word of God. Take this home with you. The word of God is the key to the changing of your season. Can you hear that in your spirit? The word of God is the key to the changing of your season. How how do I know that? And how can I say that from the text? Because the word of God shifted them from not enough to more than enough. Yeah. It was the word of God that he spoke to Peter. Yeah. He, he said this to Peter. And because Peter obeyed the word, he changed the season over everybody's life. Yeah. Peter did it. Y'all still y'all on him. <laughs> he, show, he chose Peter's boat. He, he got in Peter's boat. He told Peter to launch out into deep and let down his net for a drop. I, I imagine that these, to Peter at this time, these instructions seem rather condescending him being a professional and all. Because you know how many of us are. Once we read two or three scriptures, we know more than God. And we're going to tell God how we want to be blessed and how it ought to happen to us. Just like Peter. I know this. I understand this. I can quote that scripture real good. But just like the Pharisees could. They were good with the scripture. They just weren't that good with Jesus. And, and that's how some of us are. See, I, I can imagine that these instructions were condescending to a professional. See, because some people, they, they, they want you to follow them instead of them following you. See, there's, there's order and rank to everything. The devil has his rank and file. God has his. We understand. We, don't, we, can, we cannot breach order. Our military is set up on the principles of the Word of God. You can't go, you, can't, you just can't move out of rank. You can't jump over anything. You've got to follow. You see, you just, you just can't do what you want to do. Amen. And get mad when somebody rebuke you. Hello. Because that's somebody's people's reason to leave you whenever they get rebuked because things don't go their way, but it's going God's way. It was condescending, but Peter said, nevertheless, listen to the season change. At your word, I will let down my net. Did y'all see the season change? Because Peter now, here's the changing of your season. Whenever God, whatever it is that God is speaking to you, look at your neighbor, your wife, or your husband or a friend, and say, "Neighbor." neighbor, or if you're looking at your spouse, say, honey, honey, our season is about to change. (laughs) Look, 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 look at this nevertheless we've got to let down our net I know we're frustrated I know we're depressed I know we're exhausted but nevertheless we've got to be obedient to the word of God and as Peter obeyed the word of God the seasons of life changed for him he was doing the same thing that he had all, that he had done all night long, but the difference now is that he was under the authority of the Word of God. Yeah. Whenever you do what you've always done in church, but under the authority of the Word, whenever you praise God or whenever you give God accolades, you've got to know that it's a Word. Now you're doing it under the unction of the Word and not just because you feel like it, because next Sunday you may not feel like it. If you want to change your season, now you go according to the Word of God. That's the only thing difference in this text. Same net, same fish, same river, boat, wherever they were at, everything was the same except they were under the authority of the word of God. And there was something down there in that water that they couldn't pull out when they were not under the authority of the word of God. There's something in what you've been praying for, but if you're not under the submission of the word of God, you're going to crash your confidence in God because nothing is going to happen although you are praying. But you don't have any scripture, you're speaking back to God concerning prayer. You got to do it. If you're going to get it, you got to do that. God knows how to send people in your life who's carrying a word that'll change your season. And right now, I thank God for recalibrating the season over your life with a word. I thank God for a word that's recalibrating the season of your life. He's recalibrating your season with a word. He's saying, look, love them. Although they're frustrating you, you're exhausted. Love them. Pray for them because now I'm going to recalibrate your season give. I'm going to recalibrate your bank account if you learn how to give and trust me, be confident in me. If you do that, I'm going to recalibrate some things. Let them laugh at you. Let them look at you strange. Let them look at you funny because you don't look like them. You do what God says to do no matter what you look like doing it. You do what God says to do. You got to come into alignment with the word of God. You got to come into the, come alignment with what God is speaking over your life. Let me ask you this last question. Are you giving your best to God are you doing your best for God can you rightfully stand up on your feet this evening and say Lord this is the best that I got to give you I'm doing the best that I know to do right now in my life concerning you you want your season to change and you will not come in alignment with the word of God you just want happy hour you just want to be emotional but you don't want to come to church and leave healed, delivered, and made free? I'm talking about a, a real manifestation of the hand of God in your life. Can you look back and God's given you some testimonies? Boy, that's another frustrating moment in a real believer's life is when you look back in his life, he has no real testimonies of the hand of God, where he was, but God moved him somewhere else because he aligned himself with the Word of God. Whenever you align yourself with the Word of God, no matter where you are, you change your season. Amen? Amen. Can you stand on your feet? Let's give God a praise in this place today. If you receive the word, if you receive the word, I want you to give God a praise. Amen. That was real weak. Y'all didn't receive that? Amen. Amen. I want you to understand